0: another episode of the world's greatest podcast that's the way the cookie crumbles yep me stan and jim this week we've had a week off because of the fa cup but if you're an og cookie pod listener you'll know we don't do the fa cup we need our beauty sleep lads and we need some tlc don't we cook and stan's still dicking about with his connection yeah can hear me. Um, yeah, looking forward to this one. Yeah, we've got a full house this week, but someone who might have to move out. Rafa Benitez. I know he stays in Liverpool anyway, but he's been sat by Everton, lads, after six months. Stan said the writing was on the wall a couple of weeks ago, but Jim, was the writing on the wall the day he signed the contract?
1: Uh, yeah, prob- well, probably. We kind of predicted him, I think if you go back to the, whenever the podcast was, when he did take over Everton, we kind of said, yeah, it was... <laughs> It can only go as well as it did. He had a good start to the season and then as soon as they got a few injuries and started losing games, fans quickly turned on him and you can't blame them really. Um, I think if we was all fans of Everton and we seen a Liverpool legend come in to manage him, we'd do the same. I think I'd do the same if, um, if Fergie came to Man City or something, for example. Ollie. Yeah. But yeah, um, time for Rafa to pack his bags again. He seems to do that a lot. A lot recently. Um, Doesn't last long at jobs anymore. Gets a nice little payout. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure I'll be on the right move very soon.
0: Yeah. Obviously, he's finished the day he probably signed. But last week, was speaking about how he was a couple of bad results away. So, I doubt you're surprised.
2: No, not surprised at all. I think... um, I don't know if it was, but I think think when we did our Premier League predictions, I think I had him as my first to go, which obviously... With the Premier League madness, it didn't happen. But the fact that, like you say, he lasted 195 days, which is the shortest um, an Everton manager's ever lasted in, in Premier League history, definitely, maybe in the whole history, I'm not sure. Kind of shows how quickly it unravelled. And you know, he would have had to have done really, really well for Everton fans, you know, as a whole, to at least accept him. And uh, you know, we know with the, with the inconsistency and in the state of Everson at the moment that you know it was almost impossible for him to do as good a job as it you know it would have taken for them to, to accept him and and when the losses and the bad performances start coming you know it unraveled quickly I mean we, we spoke the other week about them singing the fat Spanish waiter and uh, Richarlison's song when he subbed him off and things like that and I think was it away at Brentford when they were going mental at the team and, and booing them and, and also it's been it's coming for a few weeks and it was this week well,
1: somebody
2: on the pitch this week somebody ran yeah, well, somebody I somebody on to the some... pitch this week I'm, yeah yeah I remember I think it was the lost one nil away at Brentford and it was a horrendous game uh, and I, I think at the end all the Everton players went over and they were kind of struck by the abuse that they got from the Everton fans and they were kind of talking to each other as if to say like fucking hell like we are shit aren't we which yeah they are <laughs> um so, yeah, not surprised it came and, and you know, after losing to Norwich, who I think maybe have they won a game all season? They might have won another one game all season. You know, it, it had to happen. And uh, where do they go from here, Cook? Duncan Ferguson, Bobby Brown shoes, Roberto Martin, as himself has been touted. Or, you know, could a certain Mr Rooney, who's doing a good job at Derby County, uh, could he come in? All Everton legends, of course. Yeah, wearing Man United pyjamas. Wink, wink
0: even though he kissed the United badge at Goodison Park many a times, but yeah, we'll pretend that never happened. But yeah, uh, three wins for Norwich, Stan, sorry, uh, earlier. Three league wins that for them now. But if you one That's into, the third one, that one. Yeah, that was the third one this weekend. So uh, Brentford away 2-1, Southampton at home 2-1, and then Everton at home 2-1. They love a 2-1 win, don't they, Norwich? There you go. <laughs> but have that on every week just you to go. cover it yeah it'll come in three times in the season but no um yeah for for everton to... So, one i think everton fans are unrealistic with where where they're at as a football club but we'd be a, we can do a whole different podcast on that but i think Duncan Ferguson is a backward step. I also think Roberto Martinez is a backward step because it's been tried and tested or to quote Max and Paddy, it's tired and tested uh, because that was shit from what you remember back in the day. They was asking for him to get sacked as well and then inevitably that did happen. But I think Everton need a bit of a culture shock to be honest with you. Maybe someone to go in with like brand new ideas. Maybe, Maybe like... I know obviously I'm biased to a point, but maybe a Frank Lampard, maybe an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, maybe someone like that, just to go in and be like, listen, we've tried we've tried this way. Let's go in with someone who's a lot younger than what
2: we've really done. Marco Silva being the anomaly. But mm. try something well, different. They, they both, <laughs> both come from clubs that have very high standards and have won everything in the game. So if you, you know, Solskjaer and Lampard, if you want to go that way, there's probably not many managers around that, you know, late 30s 40s kind of age that are going to have higher standards than them with you know they've already managed Chelsea and United between them so um both lost the job so I'm sure they would have learned from that and the next step down is Everton so I think for me they'd definitely be in the hat um I think though I think I'd be looking at Duncan Ferguson until the end of the season cuz they're probably not going to do much anyway so at least try and win the crowd back get the players playing and then I think it'd be silly not to look at Rooney and keep their, uh, keep tabs on him, see how he does with Derby. Because I do think Rooney will want to stick with Derby till the end of the season. I think he thinks he'll owe them it with, you know, the situation they're in. And I don't think he'll, he'll run off, really. Uh, I think he'll want to stick it out till the end of the season. And, you know, if they end up going down, I'm sure he would have done an admirable job at trying to keep them up, which he's doing already. And, you know, I think I'd be looking at that, definitely. Dan, do us a favour while you're there. Do our uh,
0: sorry. Tell our American listeners what the situation at Derby is because they might not be, and our English listeners because not everyone might be keeping yeah. tabs on the championship.
2: So yeah, I mean, this is the first time since they got docked points for for being an administration. So the administrators are in. Uh, this is the first time since they got uh, docked points that they've come off the bottom of the table. Um, I think it was 12 points they were docked so they they were in the minus and that was the season had already started so it's not like they started or went into the season thinking they were in one position and ended up 10 games into it finding out they were in another Um, so let me just check the table I think there's nine points from safety yeah so the nine points from safety which you know like I say considering the situation they were in five games ago, the fact that they're even in with a fighting chance and they're, they're off the bottom after being minus points seven, eight games in, into, a, well, no, it was about 10 games into the season. You know, it's testament to, to the job that Rooney and his, his players have done I mean I think three of the centre-backs are the total age is about 97 with uh, Phil Jagielka I know his contract is in in a difficult moment at the moment they don't know what they're doing with that but Curtis Davies and Richard Stearman are both in their comfortably in their 30s as well and have been around the block so it's, it's a patchwork team and it's not even a team that he's worked on a shoestring because he's not worked on anything. He's just worked with the players that are at the club, uh, can't even get loan players in, anything like that. They were completely blocked from anything. So, like I say, I think I'd get Duncan Ferguson in because, you know, what, they're not going to get European places. I'm guessing they're probably out of both cups already. Even then, you know, they're not expected to win an FA Cup if, if they're still in that. Uh, they're obviously out of the League Cup get Duncan Ferguson in, get the players playing for the badge. You know, you'll probably end up finishing mid-table and then buy yourselves four or five months to, you know, plan for that summer appointment. And I think Rooney would be at the top of my list with how well he's done in the 18 months he's been at Derby, keeping them up on the last day last season. And he's doing a very good fight of it this season under the circumstances.
0: And gentlemen, it is that time of the week. It's time for the bet of the week, the time where I can tell you how to win some money and treat your pig after Christmas. I know January is the hardest month of the year, five weeks before payday for some men or women, but I'm going to give you a bit of a cheat code to win some money this weekend. So all Saturday games, Saturday the 22nd of January, and we're going to start off at Brentford. We're going to go Brentford versus Wolves, under 2.5 goals in that one. Then we're going to go straight to Ellen Road, Leeds United versus Newcastle United. Both teams to score in that one. Then we're going to go straight to Old Trafford, Manchester United. Both teams score result against West Ham United. And then we're going to finish at Southampton in the half five kickoff. Manchester City to beat Southampton two nil to cap off our bet of the week. So just to recap, Brentford Wolves under two and a half. Leeds versus Newcastle. Both teams to score. Man United versus West Ham. Both teams score a result, Man United. And then last but not least, City to win to nil, away
2: at Southampton. And lads, what can the listeners do with that information? They can shove it up the rackers. Uh, And if you really want to do it, why not shove Norwich to beat Watford 2-1 on the end of that? We've already said that that happens quite a lot. the odds
1: Monday this weekend was cut a wee bit short and um, left our favourites Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher a bit, a bit unhappy over on Twitter and Neville was calling for no more no more no um, more I can't even think of the word abandonments of yeah, postponements. That's the word of games. I believe <laughs> that's the 22nd one. Um cancel the Northland derby is what I'm talking about, of course. Arsenal were okay to play in the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi final at Liverpool. They had a pretty strong team. Um, Jack got a red card, and then three or four days later, I think it was three days later, um, they have one COVID case, and they apply for the game to get postponed. And it's obvious, even in the statement. That Arsenal put out the mentioned players in AFCON they mentioned players suspended i.e. Xhaka they've already um, took a Bemiang out of the team um, it, even when it's not fit they've loaned two players out in um, Balagun and Maitland Niles has gone to Roma I believe and I believe they just, yeah I believe they just wrote, they've just they just loaned out another player um, it's one of the best squads in the in under 23 squads under 18 <laughs> squads in the country I'm sure there's a lot of talent there it's not like the 14 year old kids now. There's 22, 23 year olds in these academies. And yeah, they got it postponed. It was a baffling move by the Premier League again. Um, and Tottenham weren't happy. And I don't, I don't think, I think everyone's just bored of it now. Um, it's come through to now that Burnley are asking for their game tomorrow night against Watford to be called off. Um, and Burnley have yeah, got about 70 games in hand already. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, who wants to start on this one? I mean, we've kind of spoke about it before, but Stan, it's just. The Premier League needs to come out like now, and they need to say, "Right, we're going to scrap, we're going to postpone no more games," or there has to be a transparent guidance of why, why, when games should get postponed.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it definitely needs to be stricter because teams are getting away with too much. I mean, Neville was saying on Friday night football that it's gone from. COVID postponements, which is fair enough, because especially when Omicron started, it was flying through. I mean, we all know, you know, people ourselves, you know, that, that got COVID and whatever over Christmas and, and November, December. And that's kind of when it kicked off in the league. And it's kind of turned to clubs trying to postpone them when they've not got the best players. Uh, like you've already mentioned with Arsenal, you know, AFCON, that's not COVID related. That would have happened anyway in any other season. Suspensions happen, loans happen injuries happen you know all of this happens So, if you've only got one player which was martin who had covid you know you've got a a 28-man squad and you've got youth teams so there's absolutely no reason why that game was was postponed at all so i agree with neville where the almost unless it's really really like you've got no first teamers or less than i don't know 11 so you need one keeper and 10 outfielders maybe could be the minimum out of your senior squad, your 28-man squad that you pick at the start of the season to be fit. If it's any less than that, then you can postpone. If it's more than that, and, you know, you have to chuck a few kids in there and break break a few of the COVID bubbles because, you know, if the bubbles are working, then, then they should be safe and they should be able to move between. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with Neville where there shouldn't be any more postponements unless it's, like you say, maybe they need to make some really strict rules and they just need to play because, look... We've got a, a Winter World Cup next season, which people won't think about. But if this season is delayed, the start of next season might be delayed, which means the whole of the next season is delayed because they're going to have to leave at some point. And then maybe the end of that season will be delayed. And then that'll affect the start of the 23, 24 season. So the knock on effect that delaying all these games is going to have because of that Winter World Cup, it's, you know, are we ever going to catch up with it or are we just going to. Have games at the end of the season where these clubs, especially clubs that are in the latter stage of the Champions League, are going to be playing, you know, midweek games. Whilst you know teams from other countries who aren't having this issue are going to be, you know, being able to rest midweek. It's going to affect us all, all the way along, so it's just stupid and it needs to stop now. Definitely. What do
1: you, um, what do you think of
2: like the lack of transparency, Not just from the league, but
1: from clubs and players and managers. Almost, there's no one. I know Klopp's been quite outspoken about it, but if from what I've never I've not seen all season um reports of oh such and such a player is vaccinated, such and such a player isn't vaccinated. Because that delays how long you would come back into first team training or that kind of situation. Like what because like in the American sports it's quite transparent. You you know who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated and they say who's got COVID and he's in covid protocols and we, we just Watch a game now, for example, some of the city games recently, it's just been random players left out of the squad. And it's like, well, they've definitely got COVID because they've been in training it's, it's, before
2: that. It's honestly, probably when it boils down to it, it's probably, well, it's definitely political, but it's probably cultural as well, where English are very like uh, prude. You know, we keep our information to ourselves. You don't want to upset anybody. You don't know how anybody is being anti vax or maybe half of a team has been vaccinated because then you might make the others look bad. They'll just be worried about upsetting people that'll be the long and short of it journalists will have mates and stuff like that and that maybe aren't vaxxed and they won't want to pu- publish the stories that make the non-vaxxed in teams look bad when the public you know find out so it'll all be whereas in america that obviously a lot less asked about stuff like that they'll out whatever they can get so it's it's definitely a cultural and it's it's also political where you know, they won't they won't want to the Premier League won't want to say oh Arsenal have only got Erdegaard out blah 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 uh, but we're doing it because you know we yeah, have because they won't want to make the Premier League know that these top six clubs are more powerful than them so they'll want to make it look like they've made the decision and when ultimately if Arsenal and Spurs say we both want it off it's going to be off so it's it's all you know facades and all that bollocks so that's why if, you know, Liverpool or oh, we've got 10 positives or whatever, if Liverpool want a game off, they'll get it off. United United didn't want to play away at Brentford and they just decided not to train and close the training ground and it didn't happen. Like the Premier League want to act like it's their decision but ultimately it isn't. So that's why they want, want to come out and annoy these clubs by saying who's vaccinated, why it's been called off because... You know, they want to. Like, they want to pretend yeah. like they've actually got some say anyway, and they haven't. Yeah, they, they, for me, they've handled it atrociously, to be honest. Um, and it's
1: the, the the people that it's affecting most. Really, we boils down to it. It's people who spend money watching the games and travelling. I know the Northland and Derby on Sunday was a very short trip, um, but still, the, you get fans flying over and fans coming from all over the country because the two big clubs in the in England and they'll pay for hotels and. All that kind of stuff, you just you don't really think about it because they booking the postponing games a day before now. Um,
2: yeah,
1: no. Even well, before then, the it, was, it was it was on the same day, wasn't it? And and Lou, like for travelling fans, it's just been a nightmare the past two months or so, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean it is as well. But uh, my experience, obviously, I was at the Etihad on Saturday. Um, I didn't really have to show anything to get into the football ground. Like I know that was like obviously no. a big thing. I didn't have to do a COVID test on the day. No, no one no, even no. no one even asked me for my NHS COVID pass thing. No, like, so I'm not surprised that these games, like people are still getting COVID at the rate they're at, because from my own experience at the weekend, they're not doing enough to even check. Like you could have not had a COVID passing gone in. Like no one even looked at mine. But I just think that this this whole thing, they're just hiding behind these invisible laws if that makes sense like like Stan said if if a team wants a game off they'll get it off but I know in our experience as speaking as a Chelsea fan we've we've asked for two games off since the whole thing started and they've been rejected twice and there was times where we had we named five subs because we couldn't borrow from the other bubble but they still made us play with like bare bones which in my opinion is wrong but to go back to your one about the traveling fans, Jim, that's wrong as well because obviously me, I live in the northwest. However, I support a club that's in London. So if I wanted to watch Chelsea at home and it gets called the day off and I'm halfway
2: to London, that's not fair on me, is it? Again, the long and short of it is, is, I know we know this, but you know they, they don't care about the fans. The last thing they're bothered about is the fans losing money. They're more bothered about themselves losing money. And you know these big teams that we know are so powerful, as we saw with the Super League, you know, nearly a year ago. Now they're scared of them. And I mean, I know it's a different competition, but Liverpool play Cardiff in the FA Cup. I saw this on Twitter. Liverpool play Cardiff in the FA Cup, and it's a Saturday, twelve o'clock. And I saw somebody tweet that. If you're a, you're a uh, Cardiff fan who lives in Wales, if you got the earliest train from Cardiff to Liverpool on the Saturday, the earliest you could get to Liverpool Lime Street was twenty past twelve, and that's not even at the ground. So you'd be twenty minutes late for kickoff. So these people have to pay now for overnight stays because they, they ultimately, well, they don't care. So um, that that that's why they're not bothered about the fans. It, it's all um, it's all politics. That's the problem with it. Another example of that. Sorry, Stan. Uh, oh, um, yeah.
0: and no, no. Just in my experience, it just reminded me. So, Chelsea played City at Wembley a few years ago. We got beat on pennies, but every time a team from the northwest, it happened when my mum went watching Wigan as well when they was in the FA Cup final. The train, the last train home, is at something like six or seven o'clock at night on a Sunday to get back to uh, Warrington Banky or any Manchester state uh, station. So you have to again pay for overnight stay from Sunday into Monday. Take a day off work on Monday. But again, yeah. obviously, with Wembley being where it is and a Northwest team getting there quite a lot of late, but it's a it's a nightmare
1: yeah i was I, the I, I, I that problem the, the great man city Wigan final, two teams <laughs> from fucking the west go all the way down to Wembley, and no one can get back. We had to drive there and back in the same day <laughs> it's a long day.
2: The best podcast in the world, uh, according to my mother. No cap. We're gonna talk. We're gonna go straight into Elevenable, which I know that the listeners love. It's a nice interactive game, so please play along at home. I know we've got a lot of avid listeners who like the games that we've uh, that we've stolen from, you know, other pods and, and TV shows with similar names. So <laughs> this is Elevenable. Um, Warwick Davis, thanks for uh, letting us have that. Right, so Philippe Coutinho scored this weekend, unfortunately, to my dismay. Uh, he made it 2-2 against Manchester United, who, who bottled a 2-0 lead with 15 minutes to go. However, he did play for Liverpool. I know you might have forgot, a lot of things have happened since this, like a, a pandemic or a pandemic, if you're on that oh, side of the fence. Scamdemic. Oh, fuck. Coutinho's last game for Liverpool was on the 30th of December 2017. How time flies. He played Leicester at Anfield and he won 2-1. Two goals by yours truly, Mohamed Salah. Some things never change. So, I won Liverpool's 11 that day. So, obviously, Coutinho started. I would like the other 10 players, please. And if you fly through this, we'll do the Leicester team. So, I'll let Jim go first. Oh, thanks. Well, can I have Salah? Could he yeah, score? We can have Salah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot that. <laughs> Thank
1: yeah, you. You can have Salah. That's a <laughs> scrubber. That. I'm not afraid <laughs> of a
0: Um... I will go for Bobby Firmino. Yes.
1: Jim? Um, 2017 I'll go for I'm just I'm just going to guess Mane was in the team. (laughs) He was. That was a front three. So this is a season he got to the League final
2: and got beat by Madrid. Oh, okay. I was scared of saying that. then. (laughs) Yeah, so Salah Firmino Mane was a front three. Coutinho behind them. So I'd like the rest of the side please cook him on. Jordan Henderson Jordan Henderson did not start he was not in the squad must have God been shit I mean yeah <laughs> he is Dayan Lovren Dayan Lovren did start centre half Christ he hadn't got uh, Mr Virgil by this point I think they got him in the January there's a little tip for you since since Jim tapped in Mo Salah I'll, I'll give Cook a little hint
0: mm,
2: don't need it uh, I'm going to go carry us Loris Karius was in net. Yes, he was. Yes, sir. Back to Jim. We'll go Robertson. Yes. Andy Lid. Andy Mouth breather Robertson was in the team. Yes, <laughs> at left back. <laughs> Cook, back to you. Salent. Was on the bench and he didn't get subbed on. Fuck we'll keep now. going anyway. We'll keep going anyway. Go on, God, Jim. I'll
0: go Oh, Win album. I know who it is now. Got
2: subbed on.
1: Subbed on. Oh,
2: half point, Back half to point. you. If we'll I do this. Fine. No, Christy. The fuck was it? Right back. Keep going, Jim Back to you. Uh, you That's to- James Milner. Yes, yeah, centre midfield though, not right back. So you've got two of the three midfielders. I need a uh, the right centre back and the right back, please. Cut back to you. Another guess at the right back. <laughs> is there any left? Um, uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, take my mustache away. Oh, Joe Gomez. Yes, Joe Gomez, <laughs> at right back. Is it bad that that's how I got it? <laughs> no. I had no idea what he was on the vote. A new That's why I told him. <laughs> uh, no, if go. anybody's asking, Joe Gomez has a beard with no mustache, <laughs> so that's why I did that. I hate that though. Just grow. Up There's two more it? to get. I yeah, will go with Mateep. Joe Matite play. Now Fuck. I did think you get stuck on this guy. What's left? Oh, Centre midfielder. Midfield, isn't it? With so. Milner and Coutinho. I didn't think he was there at this point. So maybe go back a few years and Oxley Chamberlain. No, got oh. subbed on. Oh. oh I I more have him in my head as like the Brendan Rodgers era rather than the clock one. Jalen. No Jim Pass <laughs> um,
1: Brendan Rodgers I, I can't remember Who
2: he had He has also played Centre back I think for them In a back three um, Lovely hair Scored an overhead kick At Watford once
0: Quartes uh, Lovely hair
2: Can I say who? Q- Quartes hey, He's guessed Quartes No J- Cook Chan Emre Chan. oh yeah best was fade ever <laughs> got Emre Chan, the beautiful uh, beautiful haired man now playing is it at Dortmund I don't know anyway we'll go yeah. to the Leicester team some interesting names Schmeichel Daniel Amati Where's Morgan Harry Maguire was still there Christian Gives No Fucks was at left back Riyad Mahrez Ndidi and, and Vicente Ibora at centre, back, at centre midfield. Shit. Mark Albrighton left midfield and Damari Gray behind Jamie Vardy. So there you go. Lovely little Leicester side. And that is the end of 11. Back to the last segment of the podcast. We're going to talk about the title race or potential lack of. So this weekend it was Manchester City versus Chelsea. It finished one there with a KDB. Goal from uh, about twenty yards out. Um, great goal from KDB's point mm. of view, and uh, not especially from Kepa's point yeah. of view. He never set himself, but um, City, in my opinion, deserved the win. But I'll go to the two people who had a horse in the race. Uh, I'll go straight to Jim as he was the winner, and Cook deserves to speak second because his team lost and they're pathetic. Jim, ah, for you, Cook. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I think City, so. deserved I think it was a great goal. Okay, a little pass from Cancelo. Does as forward can't stay off? Um, I think he tries to pass it a few times before round. He tries to find forward and tries to find Sterling. Shot with no back lift, but somehow puts it in the corner. Um, yeah, really good goal. I think Chelsea didn't play well enough to beat City on the day. They they kind of play into our uh, into our hands almost. Um, played with a lot of City men in front of the ball, which is not how you're going to beat City. You need to put some balls over the top and down the sides in between the centre-backs and the full-backs. I thought Sterling had a really good game. Um, he did Alonso really early on in the second half, in the first half, and after he got a yellow card, he almost couldn't get too close to him. And he's, That's happened in both fixtures this season, actually, that Alonso has been singled out. Um, after the first one, he was when he was dropped for, for Chilwell. Um, yeah, I thought Bernardo worked tirelessly in there. Grealish should have scored in the first half, And like somebody said on the radio, City win a lot of games, 1-0. And that's just what champions do. And now they're 14 points clear, I believe, of Liverpool and 13 points clear of Chelsea. I think Liverpool have got games now, so they're, for me, still very much in it. But I think Chelsea's race has run now. They had to win.
0: Yeah, they they had to win, but and I, I disagree with... The fact that I, I thought City dominated us, I don't think that was the case at, at all, really. I thought we defended well. I thought we had 44% of the ball to City's 56. When teams usually play City, it's usually a lot more than that in their favour. I thought City didn't create really anything clear-cut. I thought the goal shouldn't have been a goal. No, on one No, no, but I mean, like, they were all pop shots. There wasn't a clear-cut chance the one on, from the, the one on one
1: was a click the one on one was a click of chance
0: kdb scores the goal that he scores but I d I didn't think we we played bad at all didn't do enough to win the game not 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 even close but mentioning the Alonso thing Sterling should do Alonso every time he plays him he's our second choice left back that should happen and I think with our full our usual fullbacks we give a much better account of ourselves in this game and I think we we go for it more I think the result was a mixture of the golfing class, our absentees, and just just the amalgamation of gains, really. Like I said before, I didn't I don't think we're well, we're not i do not think we well we are not going to win the league, but like I said the other week on the podcast, that City the gap the gap between City and the rest is too big, but especially when we've had no games called off as well, then it we've was not ever, had a game it was called never off ever. Yeah, but you're where you are, that's the difference. You're where you are. There's a gulf anyway. You're like 30 <laughs> points better than us last year. And then this year, you've basically just plug and play your team. We're a team who's very much, yeah, we won the Champions League, but our squad compared to our squad. And don't, I don't agree at
1: all. I don't agree at all. I think the Chelsea's bench was miles better than the season the weekend. I think it was about like 300 million pound bench. We had five Academy players on. That was a Chelsea team of an 80 million pound keeper and 100 million pound striker. And I think if you watch that game back, maybe he was different in, this, in the ground in the stands but yeah but that's without see what, context see what,
0: see, and a 72 million pound goalkeeper who's not our first choice goalkeeper
1: well that's that's how good your squad is so it's not like it's the massive golfing class it's, it's the but way it the is. coach and, there's a 30
0: point
1: it's gap it's, last year that's the, the way the coach though it's not like you haven't got the quality there if you watch that game the amount of times Lukaku's running behind and no one's passing to him
0: no, but he, was, he wasn't good enough. He was nowhere
1: think, near good he's, yeah. enough. He's, 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 he's touched, his touch was bad, but if you watch the amount of times he's putting his hand up and running behind, and that's the first time City's been about Diaz all season. And When I watched the guy, I thought, maybe he might struggle with a bit of physicality at the back there. And there was there was one time it happened when Stones and Lukaku came together and Lukaku got the better of him. And he should have shot instead of yeah. pass. but I th- I he,
2: think, was I just, think
1: he was left up there on his yeah. own. He should have scored the I 1v1. I think
2: that's... He should have he should have, yeah, to be fair, he should have put that away. But you know, you're not all if if you scored every shot, every one on one you had, you'd be the best striker ever of all time. You know, one in two, one in three is a three is a world class rate, but I think I don't I just think I think it was a tale of tactics. I think Guardiola just had Tuchel in this one. I think if you Chelsea kept trying to play it out, you know you're missing centre backs anyway. You had Malang Sarr in there, who's not first choice. You didn't have James and Chilwell providing, you know, the width. You had Kepa in there. Yeah, Chelsea. Again and again, continued to try and play out rather than just going long to Lukaku, who Jim's already said could have bullied Stones and uh LeBort He didn't win a header there, all game, no game. lad. It's all right saying go long to him, but he didn't, he, didn't. he didn't win a header all game and he lost the ball 10 times. I know, times but all. Yeah, but. It's all right saying go long no, to him, but he was shit. Play Havertz? Yeah. Tr- yeah, he was. Yeah, maybe, but, uh, you know, He's he probably not wasn't as it probably wasn't as shit or a suicidal as trying to play out against City who were probably the best pressing team in the league who just hound you like foot and it kept happening again and again and again and not only that whenever you brought the line and gave it to Kovacic or Kante the there was space they could have switched it oh shit they could have switched it I'm sorry just punched someone over they could have switched it and they just play like another five-yard pass back to the centre half, and it was on. And if you watch Lukaku, I don't like to say I don't know if it was different in the ground, but he was making runs again and again and again and again and again to try and get a ball in behind. Which maybe is because I mentioned when me and Jim were watching it, they missed James because whenever it went out to Aspin Equator, they didn't have somebody who could knock that ball around. But Lukaku, every James. time, was trying to, to trying to make that run. There was a yeah, bit at no. the end of
1: the first half, I remember when, I think they had about two minutes of possession, um, Chelsea, and he had about 20 chances to put the ball in the box and <laughs> Lukaku just stood there
2: with his hand up and then he blew yeah, for our he time. Went, he went back to Thiago Silva and he blew for our time and he, he had was about five chances. And Lukaku kept restarting his run, going again, restarting his run, going again, and he didn't put the ball in the box once, so it, it just wasn't on it for Chelsea and You know, a goal was enough to win. I think had Chelsea gone 1-0 up, it probably would have been enough as well, to be honest. He would have seen it out. So, first goal was the winner. It's finally here, listeners. The moment
0: you've all been dreading about. It's the time where we have to love you and leave you and wrap this bitch up. But this is also the part of the podcast where i can tell you where you can find us when we're not around so follow us on twitter and instagram using the handle at cookie podcast one that's at cookie podcast followed by the numerical one you can listen to us on spotify ios and our host platform anchor fm just search in that's the way the cookie crumbles if you don't have time to listen to the whole podcast we are on youtube as well as a clip channel just search in again there That's the way the cookie crumbles. It's been episode 127 of the podcast, and that's the way the cookie crumbles.